Well, hello and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmonds. Sorry about that. My voice went a little bit hoarse at the start, uh, but welcome to the show. Hopefully it's going to carry on working. That's bizarre. This is working all right a minute ago. Anyway, this podcast is all about helping you deliver e-commerce well. And to help us do just that, we're chatting with today's guest, Christians Sakura from AIM Media about maximizing Google Ads Performance Max and customer acquisition strategies. I mean, that's a heck of a topic, isn't it? And so we're gonna get into all of that, just turning my phone off. Uh, <laughs> now, before we jump into it, let me tell you, uh, you uh, be like me, put your phone in do not disturb before you hit the record button. Uh, we are gonna let you know about the newsletter. Now, the newsletter is an awesome piece of kit. If you've not already subscribed, why not? If you're a regular to the show, uh, you should be subscribed. If you're new to the show, check it out. Just go to ecommercepodcast.net, sign up to the newsletter, because each week, all of the tips, the strategies, the notes, the transcripts, they all come straight to your inbox. Don't even have to lift a finger. It's awesome. Now, this show is brought to you by the e-commerce cohort. The e-commerce cohort, if you don't know, is our monthly membership group where you get access to some amazing uh, workshops around the topic of e-commerce from amazing people all over the world, many of whom have been amazing guests on this show. So do go check them out. Uh, this week, we've got Claire Daniels. Uh, this week, this month, next month, November, coming up, we've got Claire Daniels uh, doing her workshop, which I'm super excited about, all about marketing. So you're not gonna wanna miss that. She was a great guest. So do come check that out. Prices start from just $14.99 a month, which is pretty low, really. Uh, so yeah, come and check it out, ecommercecohort.com. That's ecommercecohort.com. Right, that's the show sponsor. Let's talk about Christians, an e-commerce wizard with a golden Google Ads touch. Love that. Turning eight-figure budgets into success stories across the globe, from boosting numerous under-the-radar brands to co-founding an agency that's rocked over 20 million, 20 million in ad spend. Oh, it'd be nice to have 20 million to spend on ads in a lot of ways, wouldn't it? Uh, he's mastering the Google words. Now, Christian's not just a strategist. He's the go-to guy for making e-commerce magic happen. Christian's great to have you on the show. Loving your bio, man. The go-to guy for making e-commerce magic happen. No pressure there, then. Um, yeah, that's probably the, the touch of one of my uh, partners at the agency. So <laughs> he was, he was popping me up, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, that, that puts some, uh, <laughs> some pressure, honestly. <laughs> it does but, a little uh, bit. <laughs> uh, it's always, it's always exciting to be, uh, the go-to guy or, or to make, make the strategy to, to build up that strategy and, and actually see it work. It's, uh, really frustrating or, or nervous at the beginning, but yeah, but, uh, yeah. Uh, apparently it has paid off. Very good. Well, you know, it's, it sounds like it's paid off, which is, which is awesome. I actually think your bio was rewritten by Sadaf, uh, is what tends to happen. So you send your bio in and Sadaf normally goes, yeah, I'm just going to jazz that up a little bit. Uh, cause she just does that with every single guest on all our podcasts. Um, and nine times out of 10, the guest sits there listening to me reading the bio going, I didn't write that. 
<laughs> but it sounds really good. I'll take it. Yeah. And so the amount of requests we get for people from guests to say, could you just send us that bio so then it appears on their LinkedIn or whatever is oh, quite interesting. Actually, that would be nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So whereabouts in the world are you, sir? So, um, yeah, I'm in Latvia. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, been, 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 yeah. Basing mostly, mostly here. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of doing our stuff all over the world. So, uh, one of our partners is also in Latvia. The other one is a, is a nomad, you know, traveling around, spent some mm -hmm. time in Amsterdam. Uh, now he's in Lisbon. So it's always <laughs> interesting uh, how our uh, kind of work together goes as well. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm here in, uh, Latvia. It's interesting, isn't it? Now, because the way the internet is and the way the world is, it doesn't really matter where you're from. Uh, is exactly. the is a genuine response. Is like, actually, um, we have partners in uh, Hungary. We have partners in um, trying to think. Do we have any in that? No, we have. Um, well, we got partners in most of those old Baltic nations, you know, and I, and mm. and I and it. And it's wonderful because I, I really, one, it's just always nice to connect with people from different cultures who always yep. interpret the world in a very different way to what I do, which is always quite helpful, I feel, <laughs> um, because my worldview can be quite limited. Um, but also, I, it's just really interesting how the world is a much smaller place. And, you know, you're based in Latvia. I'm in Liverpool right now. We're recording this over the web like we're next door to each other. Yeah. Uh, and it's the most remarkable thing. And, um I, I just love that. I love the fact that you've got a partner that's a, a digital nomad because, you know, if you're that phase of life, why would you not do that? Go and enjoy yeah. yourself a little bit, you know. Um, and it's 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 one of the the more wonderful sides of technology, uh, I find. Yeah, it, so it really how did, like everything is just that that much closer and so much, yeah. Yeah, that much reachable. Yeah. No, as long as you've got a fast internet connection, the world is, <laughs> is now at your feet, isn't yeah. it, really, in a lot of ways. Um. So you're you're in Latvia. You've got this agency. You go, how long have you been doing Google Ads? Uh, yeah, so I started with Google Ads basically four four years ago, a bit less. Uh, okay, it, it was pretty sudden, to be honest. I was just asked at this company I was working for. Um, yeah, I was a general marketing or junior marketing specialist, basically, um, and they asked me like, "Do I do do I do I know Google Ads?" I was like. Yeah, sure I do. Um, <laughs> and just started jumping on on calls, uh, learning everything I could about it. Um, and six months later, it already felt like I'm kind of, you know, in my in my comfort zone with uh, and I actually found the thing that I didn't know I was looking for. Um, and and gradually starting with with that company, then further moving to an ecom agency, and then deciding with uh, actually my friends to start. Our own, our own agency. Mm -hmm. So yeah, really, these past kind of three, four years have been uh, have moved really, really quickly. Yeah, yeah, as they do, because uh, years in digital industries tend to be. We, I don't know if you have the same thing in Latvia. In the UK, we have things called dog years. And a year, <laughs> yeah. and we uh, we call it a dog. It's like apparently one dog year is like seven normal years or something like that. You know, yeah. it's kind of like, um, and so I, I think that applies to the digital sphere, doesn't it? Really, it's like one year in the digital world is is the equivalent of seven years outside it, sort of thing. And so if you've been involved with it for four years, that's actually quite a long time, which is why I often refer to myself as a dinosaur because I've been involved. <laughs> 
uh, with website design since the late 90s and I've been in e-commerce since the early noughties. 2002 was my first e-com site. So hence the reason I'm a bit bit of a dinosaur, Christians. But um, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that actually, I, I never thought about it that way, but that actually sounds sounds really true because for me, the, the four years feel really, really long. Like I, I basically know know half of the stuff or, or or not most of the stuff about Google Ads, but then there are guys like who are doing this for 10, 15, 20 years, basically. Mm. Uh, and I just can't imagine the knowledge that they have and the, yeah, how they feel about this. Yeah, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because the, you see, I knew a lot about Google Ads, say, 10 years ago when we did it in-house in our e-com businesses. But the reality of it is Google Ads 10 years ago are very, very different to Google Ads right now. And actually, some of my old thinking is unhelpful because... Mm. I'm tethered to a way a system used to be rather than the way the system actually is. And Google uh, Google is one of those companies that is constantly reinventing everything, isn't it, and constantly changing yeah. the rules. So how do you stay on top of it all? How do you keep keep up to date? You know, what, what are some of the tips and tricks you've got for, for making sure you know what's going on? So uh, there are obviously there are master, masterminds that you can be a part of um, mm-hmm. that actually cost... Uh, cost something but they are great value but the best value i think you can get is actually from podcasts and linkedin there are hundreds hundreds of really awesome google media buyers that are posting amazing value on linkedin yeah uh, but here in like europe uh in in uh, in uk as well a lot i know like three guys that i'm following myself uh us as well um yeah, we try to do that as well, kind of give free value, uh, tips, recommendations, anything that can actually kind of the thinking now around Google is that Google is trying to maybe push and take your money. So the 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 easiest value can becomes uh, the things that you can do to actually save your money and, and leverage it in the most efficient way. So, um, yeah, just, just following people on LinkedIn, reading their... Mm. Basically, daily daily uh, content is an amazing way to learn and up your game, uh, even if you're just at the very beginning. Because the the tips range from yeah the most basic stuff to some really high level stuff. But yeah, that's that's the best way, uh, yeah place to get get the yeah. value. No, I totally totally get that. Totally true. Um, LinkedIn is, is a gold mine of information in a lot of ways. Um, and to be fair, I, part of me was expecting you to say Twitter. Uh, or X, as it's now called, isn't it? It's not yeah. called Twitter anymore. I must stop that. Um, but yeah, do you do the Twitter thing or not really? Just LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, I actually wanted to. Yeah, kind of follow follow that up with uh, yet yeah, the 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 Twitter topic is we did actually, or I did actually find value there previously, but then it just got too crowded for me. So I actually find that uh, LinkedIn with the longer form posts uh, kind of makes it. I don't know, more more easily digestible for my brain at least. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. And and uh, yeah, maybe Twitter is a bit too crowded or X is a bit too crowded. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of noise, isn't there? Like mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? It's like how do you find the people that you definitely want to hit and yeah. sort of filter yeah. out the noise? There's a lot of noise, I think, on social media. Uh, which is is you know it again makes me sound a little bit old, doesn't it, I suppose. Um so here you are in Google. What are some of the things that we then should be thinking about? 
right now as e-commerce entrepreneurs, where entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, um, I totally lost the ability to speak for a minute, but. Uh, you know, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, people running e-commerce websites, what are some of the things that we should be thinking about um, where Google Ads is concerned right now? Uh, I'd probably say if you're an e-com brand running uh, Google Ads, the first place you have to kind of think about and look is, or actually, I would say two most important pitfalls that I've seen over the accounts um, mm -hmm. is the conversion tracking uh, itself. And, and then a lot of people tend to rely on Pmax too much. Um, so I would say that's kind of maybe a worrying part, actually, because it can get out, out of hand, especially with uh, faulty conversion tracking. So yeah, uh, I think I'll probably try to address the points <laughs> one by one. Um, yeah, let's dig into those because, uh, again, well, let's start with conversion tracking. First and foremost, let's not assume that everybody knows what that means. Yeah. Um, what do you mean by conversion tracking? And then let's dig into why we're, we're not getting this right. Yeah, so um, essentially the easiest example that I found people understand is uh, it's the Facebook pixel, but for Google. Mm -hmm. So um, it's the tracking code or the tracking parameters that you install in your website that help you understand or, and Google understand how many of those clicks resulted in sales and yeah. what were the you know amount of uh, amount of the purchases and also really important if you want to do uh, remarketing so mm -hmm. dynamic marketing um, filter out your existing customers from new customers. Uh, separate that so you don't overbid on on existing customers. Um, and what we see, and I think a big issue is that one, people try to do it themselves, or two, people try to do it with Google support. But even their kind of recommendations and steps differ from each other, and usually they don't check whether everything's installed correctly. So what usually tends to happen is that you have multiple purchase conversions, uh, conversion actions running as primary at the same time, meaning that one sale will be counted as two, three, four sales, mm -hmm. giving false data to the algorithm. Uh, then also having, you know, add to cart, page view, even phone calls as primary conversion uh, kind of goals. So that means whenever someone, that basically kind of what I think is giving Google the signal that you, a phone call or a page view is just as important as a purchase to your mm -hmm. e-commerce brand, which is, you, which is what you don't want to do. So yeah. it also gets tricky because then if you don't know your conversion tracking, you might go to your kind of campaigns to see the performance and see, oh, I'm doing like 20x ROAS while it's actually being counted the, the conversion value of a page view or add to cart, not the mm -hmm. purchase itself. So that's how you can really, really lose your way like right at the beginning as you start running Google Ads is, is just seeing one number on Google thinking it's true while you're not seeing the same thing on your on your yeah, in your bank account basically. <laughs> Which to be honest with you, I I mean, it, it's come, it comes up time and time again and, it, and it, I think it comes up time and time again because the problem in a lot of ways is still not solved. Um, there is always a discrepancy between what Google tells you um, mm. and what you think is true 
based on the numbers that you see on your website. And so trying to get more and more accurate data becomes this sort of the 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 sort of the the holy grail doesn't it that we sort of almost chase after it's like how do we get perfect attribution um how do we get perfect numbers out of google i i still don't know if there's an answer but some of the things that you said strike me as quite interesting that actually we can inadvertently set up the the tracking um the conversion tracking on the google site in in a way that's maybe not helpful um yeah so how is this something you see a lot of people doing? Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot actually. I think, um, and just disclaimer: I don't know how to do conversion tracking myself. That's my my colleague, my par partner at our agency. Mm -hmm. He's the one who's master conversion tracking, um, and it's really a, a kind of a specific thing to to master. So one is like Google Ad strategy, and one is conversion tracking on itself. Mm. So um, that's why I can understand why people get it wrong. Um, but yeah, sorry, I forgot the, the initial question. Yeah, no problem. I, I'm curious if, if people, if you see a lot of people making this mistake, and I think a lot, oh, of yeah. people a lot of people listening will be going, hmm, it's interesting what you've just said. What are some of the things, I mean, I, I appreciate your, your, your partner does it. Um, hopefully you've picked up one or two things. But what are some of the things that we should be yeah. aware of? How can we check it ourselves? Um, how, how, do, how do we know if we've got conversion tracking wrong? Okay, yeah. Uh, so actually out of all of the audits I've done this year, um, I think only two accounts had the conversion tracking correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, the best way to ensure that you have set it up correctly is to uh, using Google Tag Manager. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the probably the most accurate data you can you'll be able to get. But uh, the first yes thing you can do to check it is just go under settings under conversions. And if you have m more than one uh, action basically set as primary, then something's probably not being counted right, or it's being counted multiple times. Yeah. So under under the first tab or first table that is you're seeing purchase actions, you should only have one action set as primary, and that should probably be uh, connected with server side tracking or like direct website tracking. Um, and then if you move uh, further in the settings tab, then you all you should see only all of the remaining actions as secondary. So add to cart secondary action not being counted into. Uh, the overall accounts performance, page use, uh, leads, directions, if you have those as well, everything should be set as secondary. I would probably, if you're an e-com brand, delete the kind of phone calls and, and lead any any lead-related conversion actions uh, from the account. So leave uh, add to cart, leave page view as secondary actions. Um, but yeah, then just have the best, yeah, the best ways to check if you have only one primary conversion action, which is mm. purchase. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say there are steps or there are strategies where you can can maybe trick your ad account if it's completely fairly new, where you are using an add to cart action as a primary one. But uh, yeah, for the majority of cases, I would say just leave it for purchase, primary conversion and and that should be kind of the first maybe step to success mm -hmm. with conversion tracking. And I actually liked what you said before that it is this kind of topic that no one knows if we ever will get it right. Uh, even now, like the 
cookie of Google is not tracking, is not be not able to track all of the conversions. So there's still discrepancy of what Google is showing you, mm. what the actual kind of impact of Google ads is uh, to your business. Um, usually I've seen if you're using apps like Triple Whale or, or Nordbeam, which are third party attribution tools, mm -hmm. is where you can see more accurate data. And using those apps, you can actually see that there's usually a 20, 40% discrepancy from what you're seeing mm -hmm. on Google and what you're actually getting. So you're actually getting much better performance than what Google is showing you with kind of the conversion tracking there. Um, and and it is, yeah, I, I can even say how important it, to, it is to get it right because Google is essentially a smart bidding, is the yeah. smartest algorithm uh, for for any paid paid channel, and if you feed it bad data, your outcome is going to be bad as well. So it relies on that data, it relies on the quality of that data. So that's kind of the really the foundation of of everything. Because once yeah. you start feeding it that one sale is actually worth four uh, four sales, uh, then it will start thinking that you know I can bid more. To get that one sale, and then then you find yourself in a situation where your where your uh, yeah metrics are just in the ground. Yeah, no, very very good uh, key information there. And so go away and check your. It's interesting actually. One of the things that um, I do, uh, Christians, when I go and see clients. So I do, you know, I do a bit of e-com coaching yeah. um, with with people and I, it's something I quite enjoy. One of the questions that I like to ask clients whenever I sit down with them for the first time is I ask them, what's the primary purpose of your website? Yeah. Uh, and, and and everyone looks at you like you, you're talking crazy talk because yeah. it's like, what, what, what do you mean? That it's an e-commerce site. And I'm like, yes, but is the primary purpose of your website to sell product? Yes or no? Mm. Um, because the amount of e-commerce websites who will say that, but actually the rest of their site is not geared towards that is quite mm. extraordinary, right? Yeah. And so, but we agree 99% of the time for most e-commerce websites, the primary purpose of that website is to sell stuff. Okay. Yeah. So you write that on the, on the board, you know, primary purpose to sell stuff. And this ties in with what you're telling Google, really your, your primary conversion tracking is obviously is a purchase. Interestingly, that Google want you to put in secondary because one of the questions that I follow up with is what's the secondary purpose of your website? Um, and it's one of the questions I've been asking for years. And it throws people because it's like, well, I just want to sell stuff. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, but what happens to the people that come to your website that don't want to buy your stuff? They're not ready for whatever reason to buy the stuff. If you exist just to sell them stuff, if that's your primary purpose, how are you engaging with them? And mm. I think that all comes down to your secondary purpose. And for me, again, not true necessarily all of the time, but for most e-commerce websites, most of the time, the secondary purpose of that website is to get the email addresses of highly relevant traffic, right? So using lead magnets, freebies, whatever mechanism you know makes sense for your site and for your brand, the key aim has got to be to get the email address of the person that's come to your website and then put them into some kind of email sequence or funnel that eventually will hopefully lead to a purchase. You build a relationship with them over time. Um, so if you can't get the sale, can you get the email address? Yes or no. Um, 
And it's a, it's a remarkable, it's a very simplistic way of thinking about your website, right? But if they're your two primary, if your primary is purchase, your secondary is to get the email address, um, it changes, I think, quite a bit how you do your website. And it changes quite a bit how, how you do Google, I think, Google Shopping. And what's fascinating to me in this conversation is that actually if you set, if I've heard you right, setting the secondary purpose on Google as lead generation or getting someone's email address is not something that you would necessarily advise. Yeah, because, um, yeah, really email for Google doesn't tie in with with uh, purchases. Mm. Uh, if you want to do like lead gen phone calls uh, and, and try to get that email address, those would be yeah, for lead gen kind of accounts and, and lead gen businesses or yeah, B2B basically. Mm. Um, that's kind of, yeah, for Google lead gen or, or, or phone calls that's tied with the campaigns that are already created towards lead gen as well. So, mm. um, and I'm sec- saying, yeah, secondary action, cause basically you don't have, uh, more op- options to choose from. So it's either primary <laughs> and it's getting used as the, uh, you know, nor- Northern star for your account. And mm. then, you know, it's counting the conversion value or secondary, which is basically you can, yeah, you can observe the uh, kind of values that are going through those actions like add to carts and and see maybe how add to, how many add to carts like Google got versus the percentage of purchases it got. So, but that's, yeah, the, the yeah, as a secondary option. Yeah, basically. yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Fascinating. So the, the second, so the first thing you said was conversion tracking. Yeah, uh, and then the second thing you said was relying on Max too much. Yeah, on 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 performance Max because yeah, it's basically I think the uh, the Google Media buyers around the world are either you know move away from Pmax completely or have Pmax in your account still. Because mm-hmm. um, I've seen accounts where Pmax has done you know great things, uh, but there are far more many accounts where I've seen it drain your, it drain your money. Um, especially when it goes to that, you know, plus 10, 20, 30 K a month, uh, level mm. that Pmax can do fairly good job on shopping and, and search campaigns, even if there's a little bit brand in it. But once you try to scale it past a certain point where it cannot meet the demand with, with, you know, shopping and search, then it just starts cannibalizing your own uh, other paid media channels. So mm. either your also organic traffic or the traffic that would have gotten to your site and made the purchase from meta ads or, or TikTok. Um, and yeah, Pmax just kind of swoops in, takes, uh, says, thank you for the sale. I'm gonna, I'm gonna accredit to myself for, um, yeah, showing, I don't know, a display ad maybe, uh, or or a video ad that doesn't have a click on it, mm-hmm. but beca- because of engaged you, uh, yeah, it will say thank you for the sale. This this one is all all Google, um, and that's why you probably see oftentimes like crazy raw asses on on your Pmax campaigns. Mm. One thing is that you you have a lot of branded terms there, which should have gone to your brand search or maybe even yeah. your organic. Uh, listings or rankings and then it's just over over attributing 
uh, or cannibalizing on on your other traffic channels. So um, there's really because BMAX is such a black box, it's it's difficult to tell where you are getting these sales. But that's why it's important to look at your overall uh, kind of business numbers and and look at your marketing efficiency ratio. Maybe try to pinpoint that moment in time when when you started I know, scaling Pmax mm-hmm. and look whether your revenue actually grew with that Pmax because Google will show that you know you you started running Pmax from I don't know two hundred dollars a day to thousand dollars a day it will show you're still keeping up with four x five x ROAS but then you look at your backend numbers and see that nothing actually changed mm-hmm. so that's when 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 you have those first signals that you have to look deeper into it because um, Google might be just stealing your your Facebook or meta traffic or, or your organic traffic and kind of wanting you to spend more on Google, showing you great numbers, but but you're actually just yeah losing money on those sales because you would have gotten them for for free most of the times or, or um, yeah. for, for better cost. So how do we mitigate that? Um, yeah, so first thing, probably if you're running a high scale or even some sort of PMAX campaign, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily true for you. You have to you have to do your own uh, research, basically. Look at your all of your channels, look at your uh, yeah, MER or media efficiency ratio, see whether that really might be the case. Look at like insights within PMAX, how much is branded in there, how many conversions are you getting from your shopping campaign so those you can find under hmm. uh, listing groups and products uh, yeah and um, and see whether that might be true for you if you have a yeah if you have a feeling that it might be the case start lowering your pmax spends and see whether that affects affects your top line um, if it does then yeah then maybe pmax is actually doing something good for you and you can explore kind of pushing more into it. Uh, but what most of the times we see um, is yeah, with decreasing or even shutting PMAX off completely, the top line doesn't really change that much. Mm-hmm. So, and that can be actually um, kind of managed much more efficiently with using the you know good old reliable standard shopping campaigns. If you're an e-com brand, that's mm-hmm. probably the best way for you to, to grow actually past that, that certain point that actually PMAX could so Pmax basically becomes a problem at scale. Fascinating, fascinating. So actually, the old standard—I like what you called it—the standard shopping campaign—is uh, actually still should still be part of your uh, yeah. arsenal, um, your your strategy, even in the in the light of things like Performance Max and and all the sort of the newfangled things that are coming forward. Yeah, because it just gives you much more control. You actually have control over those uh, those search terms. I know P- Google is pushing out uh, a lot of new features for for Pmax as well, but it's still not that yeah manageable. It still feels like a black box. Um, so, and you can still start or leverage your kind of the smart bidding algorithm for standard shopping as well, because that's kind of one of the best strategies moving forward is not using manual CPC with standard shopping, but actually use a T-ROAS strategy with standard shopping 
Uh, and Sorry, Christians. Just to, there's a lot of terminology there, and I'm aware that people apology. listening to no, no, no. I'm, yeah. I'm aware that we have different people listening to the show, and some people just starting out. Some people like me maybe have been around a little while. So, just explain some of the different terminology that you've used, and then let's dig into it. Yeah. Uh, so, one of probably the yeah the the most used strategies with standard shopping previously was using manual CPC or ma manual cost per click, where you tell Google how much you are willing to pay for um, for that click. Yeah. And it will find you sales, uh, or not sales, clicks, set you in, into bidding actions mm -hmm. where you will, you know, not pay more than that click, uh, that, that bid. Um, so it's, it's more of a manual setup and mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't really maybe take into account how um, purchase intent that click is if that yeah. makes sense, like how warm that user might be to actually wanting to purchase or whether that's someone who's just, you know, Googling uh, random products, trying yeah. to find more about them or, or find images or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so now the idea is actually to leverage that smart bidding algorithm that mm -hmm. Google has that, you know, why it's so important actually to or give all of your best data to it because it can make this decisions on showing the ads, shopping ads uh, to people who are more likely to convert, basically those who have shown a history in Google's um, opinion that, yeah, they might buy something. Yeah. Uh, so you leverage that and, and move to a, a target draw strategy where you basically already, it's essential for you to know your cost as well. Um, it will not work in a way where you set up 4x or 400% target ROAS and, you know, a thousand euro a day ad spend and you'll suddenly make start making, uh, yeah, 40,000 a day. Uh, yeah, Google will prob probably tell you that it's, uh, that they, it is not able to spend your, your money at that, mm. at that pace. But where it does become helpful is knowing your numbers and knowing that Google will probably under attribute the conversion value, the sales uh, that it can get its hands on. Um, and so you, let's say you, you know that a two X ROAS works for you. Mm -hmm. You know, there's like a 20, 25% discrepancy from what Google is showing you to what you're actually seeing uh, in the back end in your top line. And then adjusting that. So let's say running your standard shopping at 150 percent so 1.5 x ROAS but you know that you know 2x ROAS would suffice for you mm -hmm. and you know that in real life that 1.5 on Google is actually closer to 2 or above 2x ROAS in in yeah in real life yeah. um, and that's where you can start kind of playing with uh with with those smart bidding algorithms mm -hmm. and and strategies so uh, I know cases where people are actually spending you know five, four or five figures a day on, on shopping with a target draw as goal of 0.5 or 50% basically. And still that is, that is profitable for them. And that's actually scaling the brand, the account, not just Google wise, but the brand itself as well, because it just gives that, you know, visibility around the shopping network. Yeah. It puts you in the first place. It lets you uh, compete in the bidding actions with your competitors. Plus it's, it's kind of, saying Google that I still need to make, you know, I still need to find those, I still need for you to find those 
people that are more likely to convert as mm -hmm. opposed to showing the ad to everyone. So probably Google is going to adjust its bids then to bid a bit more on people that have shown, you know, a, a purchase history previously yeah. Yeah. and bid less to someone that might not, might, might not result um, in a conversion. So that's kind of one of the, I would say, most popular kind of advanced strategies going around there um, is is actually yeah, giving Google the opportunity to use smart bidding yeah, and, and knowing your numbers, still limiting it in a way. Um, yeah, but kind of trying to make the most of it and, and, and actually having control over it, adding your negative keywords um, all, all the time. And um, yeah, working your way kind of from there. Okay, so the the smart bidding strategy that you that you just talked about, which makes a lot of sense in my head. I mean, and, it, and it's nice that technology is getting to a place where you can look at the numbers and go, right, actually, guys, what I'm after is I'm after a row. If we can hit this target ROAS number, the return on ad spend. In other words, for every dollar that I spend on advertising or every pound I spend on advertising with you, I need to generate two pounds or two dollars in revenue. That would be a two times ROAS. Very oversimplified, but in essence, that's what we're saying. And so we're saying, right, um, the product that I'm selling, in effect, if I hit a two times ROAS, I know I'm breaking even on the first sale. If you're sending me people with good buyers intent, I'm okay because they'll buy from me a second time, a third time or whatever. The strategy is that you, you know, you've set. Um, and so now we're getting to a stage where we can tell Google, actually, this is a kind, because before, like you say, you'd manually have to do it. Are we, are we near my row as numbers? Yes or no. Turn that one off, switch that one, you know, ram that one up kind of a thing. Um, and so we, we would spend hours doing that really, wouldn't you, in Google AdWords? Now it's all this sort of smart. And I like how you can tell Google and Google, will think, well, let's increase the bids then to get those types of people to your website. You said something which was a bit of a throwaway comment that I want to sort of come back to mm -hmm. um, about sh therefore sharing the data with Google. What did you mean by that? So, uh, yeah, again, it comes down to conversion tracking and, and giving Google the, the best data. So one is obviously the data that's coming from Google, mm -hmm. but also uploading your customer list. So, if, for example, you have, you know, uh, an epic history in, in Facebook ads in uh, or customers that have come, sorry, from meta ads, from other channels, and you're just starting off with Google or Google has been the smaller player in your mm -hmm. whole kind of media mix, uploading your customer lists might help the algorithm as well. Mm -hmm. So one, it can be used for uh, exclusions. So, you know, Google knows that these X amount of customers have already bought from you. Google just doesn't know about it. So you can start mix, uh, yeah, matching them and excluding yeah. them from your top of funnel campaigns. Um, and then I do feel like that also, if you give Google enough data, that also helps the algorithm to kind of look for, for what it should target, kind of giving, giving the history. And, uh, but yeah, it mostly, is tied to the data that you're feeding Google. So again, yeah. don't give it the idea that one purchase is worth three purchases if you have three conversion, primary conversion actions running at yeah. the same time. So yeah, that's just 
make sure your your conversion tracking because everything else goes from there. So. So if you were, um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot there, Christians. Thank you for for your uh, insight on it. I'm really curious by it. Um, there's a lot there to think about. I mean, in some respects, what you talked about is I, I like it because it's quite straightforward and simple. It's not, you know, convoluted, which is quite helpful. Um, but it makes the assumption that you've got existing data. What happens if you are just starting out? Uh, you start in an e-com business. How does your strategy for Google Ads then change? I'm new to Google Ads. I've got a new business. I've not really got any sales data of any history of any kind. I'm selling a widget. I know Google Ads is going to be part of that campaign. What's the best place to sort of start with something like that? Hmm. Um, I actually found from my experience that Google should be an add-on channel at some time further down the line, not the channel that you actually start with. Um, Yeah, there obviously are some exclusions to that, but generally for e-com brands, I found that being the case that usually Meta and, and, and uh, yeah, Meta is the primary one. And even when we have gotten our accounts up to a scale, usually the split is still like 60, 40, 70, 30, where Meta is the biggest spender. Um, and just if you're starting out, I would probably say, give your marketing spend to Meta first, and then uh, start kind of integrating Google in the picture as well. Um, And if you do start with a completely fresh account, then I would say, uh, yeah, run the standard shopping campaign. First, go with manual CPC, Mm because you don't have the data to to start running a target ROAS or smart leveraging any smart bidding strategies. do create a brand search campaign as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of them or I'm not a fan of them at scale because uh, I think that's a big uh, big pain point for, for Google as well and other agencies or other freelancers running Google ads is telling you that your <laughs> brand search is basically your Google ads and, and mm-hmm. your return on, on brand search is your Google ads. But for a fresh account to start running a brand search campaign, it's it can get you those first conversions in those first kind of data points in Mm -hmm. so uh it's a slow process but uh it will will help yeah Mm -hmm. to to just give google some sort of an idea of how your customer looks like even if they came in through a branded search uh campaign but the first campaign is probably standard shopping uh manual cpc um and yeah that's that's probably the first part of running a campaign, even mm-hmm. before running a campaign, there's probably a tons to t- tons to do with your product feed optimization uh, within your Google Merchant Center account. So that's another beast completely. <laughs> but that's that's probably just as important as conversion tracking before you start running anything. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, the shopping feed optimization is something that seem, we seem to be constantly tweaking. Uh, with our with our stuff on Google, I'm intrigued though why you would say if you're new, if you're if you're established, um, I, I liked what you said. Then your meta Google split should be around sixty forty, maybe seventy thirty. Um, I'm curious as to why if you're starting out, you would focus the majority, if not all, of that budget onto something like 
Meta. Why not Google straight away? Um, yeah, even though Google is search intent based and even with shopping campaigns, you, you get to put your product out there with, uh, with all of the competitors. So you can, you know, they can compare the prices, they can compare uh, reviews, images, like how the product looks itself mm. before they make a decision to click. But there's probably been already some sort of um, kind of awareness generated like for that product itself. Yeah. Um, and when someone goes looking for a product, they see, you know, your brand and brand A and brand B. Uh, it might be the case that they click on a competitor just because they've seen them on Facebook and they have some sort of already brand recognition with them because yeah, you're still, uh, you're still fresh. You're still new. You're, you're showing up there, but they just don't know you. And they might have seen, you know, one or two Facebook ads from a competitor. So that's where the click goes as well. Yeah. Uh, that's probably where Google and, and Facebook really ties together is that, Google, uh, Facebook is amazing for brand awareness, visibility, yeah. Yeah. and just building that kind of trust already with the product itself. So, uh, yeah, in most cases, uh, Google's success is really tied into uh, Facebook's success. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I've, it's quite an interesting viewpoint. I wonder, I've, I've yeah. heard before, actually, um, and certainly the balance of ad spend, I've, we've talked a lot about that in the past. But I think um, it's interesting if you are starting out, Meta over Google is, is a probably a good place to start. What do you think, dear listener? Agree or disagree? I'm curious to know. Right, Christians, listen, I've totally enjoyed the conversation, man. Uh, I, lots of notes, as always. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm also aware of time. So I probably should bring this to a close. If people want to reach out to you, if they want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Um yeah, you can connect to, with me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm posting there a lot, even if you just want to follow for the content. I'm trying to do yeah more 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 posts uh, lately. Um, yeah, you can connect. I don't know if the, they probably see my name somewhere, so mm -hmm. they can find me on LinkedIn or go to imamedia.com. Uh, and yeah, you can you should find a, a Calendly button there to to jump on a call with us. Um, yeah, we we even uh, we know that kind of getting getting uh, starting to work with an agency is a tough commitment. It's a tough decision. So mm -hmm. even if you just want to have a free audit, uh, we do that as well. Uh, recommendations, everything, mm -hmm. uh, you know, no strings attached. So that's how we we really want to give value first uh, to, yeah. to to anyone out there because there's really. A lot of ways for you to lose money on Google and, and not do the right thing. Uh, so we just, yeah, our priority is to, to make everyone happy. And if it leads to something, yeah, then, yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah, probably I would say LinkedIn then. Uh, probably that was a longer answer than. <laughs> no, that's uh, fine. Fine. LinkedIn. LinkedIn uh, we will, of course, link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Yes. Uh, well, so that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, we'll put those in the show notes. So if, you're, if you're listening on a podcast, just go to the show notes on the app. You'll find the link there. If you're watching on YouTube, we'll put the link in the description. Um, 
And uh, of course, if you've signed up to the newsletter, it'll just be in the email. Just click the link in the email. It's very, very simple. Uh, but that's amymedia.com. I pronounced it wrong. So it's not Amy, it's Amy, A-I-M-E media.com. Yeah, so there are different ways to pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we honestly haven't settled on a one-way ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we just keep changing. I have a company called Orion, A-U-R-I-O-N. Um, and that's actually the, you know, the, the group, the company's yeah. group is Orion. Everything comes under Orion. And the amount of times, you, I, you know, people will say it's Matt from Orion, Orion. I just, oh, it's yes. just, no one knows how to pronounce it. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. So I'm with you. You know, I just call it Orion. It just sound really confident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, we will have all of that, like I say, in the show notes. Listen, Christians, thank you so much for coming on to the show, man. Genuinely love the conversation. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, I hope I hope you have a tremendous success with your agency and with what you're doing with ads. Um, I'll follow you on LinkedIn. I'm going to learn a lot, no doubt. Um, but yeah, thanks, man. Really appreciate it. Pleasure being here, Matt. Uh, yeah, uh, amazing, amazing uh, podcast experience. <laughs> that's good. Wow, that's always helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keeps people coming back. What a great conversation. Huge thanks again to Christians for joining me today. Also, big shout out to today's show sponsor, the incredible e-commerce cohort. I appreciate incredible I'm involved, hence it's incredible. Sounds a bit arrogant. Anyway, uh, but remember to check them out at ecommercecohort.com. That's the group, the membership, the mastermind, whatever you want to call it. We're all in there every month. Come join us. Be sure to follow the e-commerce podcast wherever you get your podcast from because we've got yet more great conversations lined up. I don't want you to miss any of them at all. No, not at all. And in case no one has told you yet today, let me be the first. You are awesome. Yes, you are. Created awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear. Christians has to bear it. I've got to bear it. You've got to bear it as well. Now, the e-commerce podcast is produced by Orion Media. You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team that makes this show possible is the wonderful, beautiful, and talented Sadaf Bainon, uh, and equally beautiful, talented Tanya Hutzelak. Our theme song was written by Josh Edmondson. And as I mentioned, if you'd like to read the transcript or show notes, head over to the website ecommercepodcast.net, where incidentally you can sign up for the newsletter, which I've mentioned if you haven't done so already. So that's it from me. That's it from Christians. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.